When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And here we are for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Boxhead, how you doing? Good, buddy. Another uh, big weekend in the NRL. Surprisingly, a lot of players backed up. Different tact than what I expected for some coaches and some clubs, but paid off for most, but not for some in particular, uh, the Eels. And, yeah, pretty disappointing considering they had the longest turnaround as well. Yeah, but the Bulldogs played well. Certainly did. They completely deserved their victory. The mm. Eels, yeah, they, they got what they deserved. couple of new coaches, but no change in results for a few clubs. Um, again, I know it's only been a week, but as you can see, uh, some people expect a bounce back or expect a sudden change. It's, it's not always the case. But, yeah, well, the coach doesn't change the roster. That's it. Um, but what we'll do this week, it's fairly late again, so we'll sort of mould in some of the set of six points or some of the talking points as we review the games. Um, but as always, the show brought to you by Penrosoft. It might be late, but we're doing it. That's right. We always do it. Uh, brought to you by bluebet.com.au and Penrith Solar Centre. But to download the app today for bluebet.com.au or visit the website, there is no one better than betting with a true blue Aussie bookie and they support our charity, which for this year, again, is Bears of Hope. Hopefully we can get some more cash, but unfortunately that wasn't the case on the weekend, so we had a win last week, back to a loss this week. The balance sits at $482.50. Hopefully get that over the $1,000 mark. And the great offer again this week, um, same as last week, on all games, that if your team leads head-to-head of on a bet up to $100 by six points or more at halftime, Blue Bet will pay you out as a winner. Lead by six at halftime and you win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly, but the first game we'll review is Cowboys-Dragons, and this was 12-0 in absolutely no time. The The Dragons' errors just killed them. 67% completion rate, 44 misses. They were slow. They looked old, and a lot of the stuff we talked about in the preseason and the preview um, pretty much rang true, and I, I guess, for the Cowboys. It's one of those games, again, much like the one against the Titans before, where you sit there and go, it's a great win. Um, you're missing a couple of players. You backed up a couple of guys. They unfortunately lost Helium Lukey, who wasn't involved in all that, to an ACL for the rest of the season. And Tommy Gilbert has an eye issue, but um, a great overall victory considering having six guys go in and out of camp, a couple of guys not play, um, but all the more better for the experience. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. They had their, um, they had their opportunity to go to Origin, that's for sure, through... Consistent performances for half the season, and 
yeah, that they just simply outclassed the Dragons. That was a perfect, perfect game to highlight the difference between the top eight and the bottom eight. Even under adverse circumstances, like you say, with them backing up, they were just particularly early. They were they were too fast, too clinical, and they just had more bodies in the frame all the time. It didn't really matter what stage of the game they they seemed to just have more bodies around the ball. They were playing faster. They were running harder. All those little simple things. But uh, the Dragons, yeah, they they never really looked in the game. No, certainly not. And I guess again, the real positives for the Cowboys are not only the guys that are playing rep football, but the other guys are there. Tamalolo just keeps on getting better and better. Um, his football, Robson, has been great all year. The guys that came back and backed up played very, very well. Um, Tolagi and Hamiso are obviously in the frame now with Xavier Coates missing. I would have had Tolagi before Coates to start with, but I think he hit home again the point the other night with his performance, um, his defense, his offloads. He's got the most offloads of anyone in the comp in terms of wingers and bringing out of yardage. And Drinkwater's form surge continues as well. So um, I think on the flip side, it's a point we've made a million times before. I'm not going to harp on about it, but... I don't know when the Dragons and Hook are going to get the point about, you know, blooding some of these kids and moving on because Yaron Woods is of the world. George Burgess, who's not even starting in New South Wales Cup. McCulloch's leg speed. Maguire at this point in time. Like, honestly, where's the club heading? Um, I know they eat well, hopefully he can he can feel free to blood a few of them this weekend. Cup this weekend, so... Yeah, well, look, looking at the lineups, he hasn't done that. <laughs> But I think for fans, similar to the point you made at the start of the year, I just don't know when the penny drops. Like, they've got a couple of guys who are off contract who I'm sure won't be resigned, but George has still got another year to run. McCulloch's still got another year to run. Woods has an option in his favour for next year. Um, yeah, and... The... George, um, George Burgess has been named to start against us on the weekend. Yeah. So... Like Tyrell, Fui Maono, Jake Kozeski... Uh, Jonathan Rubens dropping back Carl Sloan's at fullback so they've got plenty of yeah they've got a lot of, lot of young players also in their New South Wales Cup side so mm. Mm. I, I just don't understand like I said Sloan, Amone, Sullivan Hunt playing rep 9 moving forward for them I know he's getting older but for the better betterment of what they've got and what they've got in their system and to get the best out of it I think they could move him to 9 get those guys in and just face reality I think one to seven, they're pretty good. They'd be even better if Lomax put the shit passes away and stopped pointing the finger at his teammates. He had an absolute Barry Crocker. Um, but between Ravalala, him, Suli on his best day, the Fiona twins, I think they've got one to seven sorted if they let Amon and Sullivan play together along with uh, Sloan. But they just seem you know, adamant to not push in that direction. He's given Sloan a couple of games and dropped him as quick as he's got him in. Um, you know the bird situation. He's played six. He's played back row. He's played center. He's not really settled on that. I, I just think realistically for me, I'd be settling on that one to seven playing hunt there, and I'd be getting on the market for some forwards because they desperately lack some leg speed. Um, they're very slow. There's a lot of recycled parts there, and in terms of what's coming through, there's nothing really in the forward ranks that screams at me right now, but. You hear people talking about Madison being on the market or Angus Crichton potentially getting pushed out of the Roosters or a couple of veterans that at least still have some leg speed and McLean or tap out that might be available at a decent price. I have no idea why the Dragons aren't at least in the market for something better than what they've got. Yeah, well, maybe they are. Yeah. 
Time will tell, but disappointing. Um, but Hunt backed up quite well. Ruben, very happy for him. He's had a hell of a career in reserve grade. I think Queensland Cup record was almost as many games as tries. It was about 105 or 106 and as many tries. He's been in a lot of clubs. He was at the Raiders for under-20s. Oldest debutant. Um, and, yeah, for the Dragons, like I said, you could highlight a lot of guys. Their origin backups were good. The guys in contention were good. And um, those other players, again, that are surging, Drinkwater, Robson, Tamalolo, uh, a great night and a, again a very important two points that will go a long way for top four aspirations yeah. moving on from that one South Titans 36-16 um, you know I know the Titans it's been a hard week again in terms of injury we know they lost Jaden Campbell Brimson pulled out late with COVID and there's other guys not missing but it seems to be the same thing over and over again and that's pretty much just defence um, you know well they conceded 30 points again so we say the same thing every week yeah, you're not going to win games in the NRL when you can see 30 points. It's simple. No, and they were pulled apart. It doesn't matter who, what, what names are on the team sheet if you're not willing to put your body in front and stop tries. No, and they got pulled apart on both edges. Souths generally got a lot of their setup on the right-hand side, which then got them back to the left for Johnston to get that hat-trick, and it happened in a multitude of ways. But uh, I guess for them, it was another day where things looked a little bit better between Ilias and Walker in terms of working out their combination. They got a couple of nice tries there where they linked. And uh, obviously, Johnston was the beneficiary. The right-hand side, uh, you've seen Milne cause a bit of damage, the try that he scored as well, and the turn back under. It's just small stuff like that that you look at for the Gold Coast at times, and it's just not good enough for first-grade standard. Yeah. Um, but... Same deal again. There's always one name that stands out, and he was very good on the backup, and that was Tino. Had a big game, um, but you just got to wonder. Yeah, you just got to wonder again, though. Like long term, you, you know, the minutes he's playing, what they're doing, that they definitely need to sort things out. Because I know he signed a long term deal, but that can wear pretty thin on somebody if this is going to continue. But fingers crossed. Uh, you know, they get some more positive results at the back end of the year or some things start to turn and change a little bit. The other one I thought was very good, and he, I think he always is when he plays, but he seems to be now, it's Greg Marju. The solo try he scored, almost 300 metres, 15 tackle busts. I know under the high ball he can be targeted a little bit, but you certainly can't question his work ethic or the effort he puts in. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, but, yeah, for South, I think Kalamatungi certainly did himself no harm in terms of Throwing his name up, he had a couple errors at the back end of the game, but he was strong. Um, Campbell Graham, Milne, lots of guys there. Tom Burgess hit the 200. Feels, uh, didn't think he had that many games under his belt, but it's been a good effort by him, good innings at South. Yeah. And uh, I think Nick Arima has slotted in nicely. Tafe's sort of been pushed out of the picture, and now we've found out about Luttrell. He's uh, going to be another week or so away. I think round 16 they're aiming for, so they're still 50-50. There's a rough draw on the run home. They play a lot of the teams in the top eight, so they're certainly going to earn their way in. But if they can grab another win this week against the Dragons and then get Latrell back and survive the origin period with only the two guys they've got in, uh, I think they'll be looking for a big surge at the back end here with him coming back into their side. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, for the Titans, Campbell's long-term, uh, but Brimson should be back. For Feeder, we're not sure how long, and there's a couple other guys that have sort of been in and out, but... Yeah, I think we've summed up most weeks. Until they decide to start defending and give themselves a chance in games, they're not going to be able to concede 30 and score 30 every week. Yeah. Moving on from that one, Storm Roosters. Uh, it, was a, it was a tough game. I was very surprised. This is one uh, in terms of the backups. 
Roosters backed up all three of their players, but I guess for them, they're sort of in a different position than what they're used to this time of year. Melbourne, I honestly didn't think they'd back up any of them, but they did. Uh, I was very, very surprised about that. But still, you know, for both teams, some other players missing. you got Melbourne, lost Coates, obviously, Papenhaus and Welch, Remus, the Roosters, no Jared, no Radley. Um, you know, Kiri going down very well, that head knock wasn't ideal and it, it was a very innocuous one. It was a bit of a knock on the knee, but he, he reacted poorly, which gives you worry considering his history. But thought it was a, you know, it, it was a steady game. Uh, a lot of people thought it was an absolute belter. I thought it was a little bit messy and a couple of those guys from Origin struggled a little bit on the backup. Um, but overall, if you, Craig Bellamy, he said as much in his press conference, I think he was extremely happy considering they had a guy on debut that was only doing training trial time, Grant Anderson, Seve, who's only played a handful of games over the last couple of years, and um, you know Dean Aramaya, like guys like that, making good contributions to what was you know a game that was in the balance. Yeah, it was actually it was an exciting game. I quite enjoyed it. So I thought the better team won, probably the more disciplined team won. Uh, I think the Roosters led at half time, but yeah, Melbourne turned the field position and and. Possession dominance that they had in the second half into into points and yeah, it was a good good result away from home and on the back up from Origin yeah it's very very good win yeah it's one of those ones again where I could understand from the Roosters' point of view because they're now seven and seven they're caught in that log jam there where they could potentially be out in the next few weeks and they've got those guys playing Origin um, hopefully they get Jared back in I think they need him but similar deal that their draw coming up in the next few weeks isn't kind so. Tough loss on the backup. I think they've got Parramatta, Penrith, uh, you know, and those sort of teams in the next few weeks, which doesn't make it any easier. Um, but yeah, they obviously, Kiri, I don't know if he was named this week, we'll find out later. Walker copped a bit of a knock. Um, Jared, like I said, his status still unknown. Radley's still a few weeks away. But yeah, for the Melbourne side of things, they'd be happy that those guys they backed up, in particular Harry, surprised me because he was in doubt for origin, got through unscathed. Um, you know, Felice had one of his better games, caught in a controversial moment. Um, what was your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think there's been a lot, a lot made of it. His head certainly comes into contact with his his elbow, and then he, he lands on his head on the ground. I think it's very difficult to determine intent. Uh, could it have been avoided? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know. Like, where do you draw the line on contact with the head? Like, are we who initiated the contact? Like, really, Walker put his head there, so well, he lost the tackle. Put his head in the wrong position, and then it becomes a discussion around: well, whose responsibility is it to protect Sam Walker's head when that tackle then goes to ground? And it seems that a lot of people have place that responsibility whether rightly or wrongly on Felice Cafusi so I don't I don't quite know the answer to it I guess you have to then again you have to determine was there intent there could Felice have, have moved his arm elsewhere whose responsibility is it to, to, to you know safeguard that situation we're getting into very murky waters with with some of these, like if, if he's made a second movement to to get to his head and land on his head, which I think he did with the Ryan Madison one last year, yeah, which I thought was a clear send off and should have been six weeks. This this one, 
I feel as though it was just a an, an in-game incident which uh, was difficult to avoid in, in a contact sport. And, yeah, I, only, I really think only Felice knows whether he could have, whether he actually went down and landed with his forearm on his head, deliberately. And, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound old school or crazy, but, like, in the end, it's a physical game. And if you can, you can damage an opposition player legally in a tackle because he's put his head in the wrong spot, then, you know, we're, we're playing a, we're not, we're playing a competitive sport. Guys are, guys get the red eye and, and, you know, they, they want to hurt opposition players. That's really, that's the core of our game is you're out there to physically dominate your opposition. So I don't think we should be shocked that, you know, players are taking advantage of certain situations like this one on the weekend. I think, I think there's probably a few things that need to be addressed. Like, uh, yeah, contact with the head, Sam Walker's tackle technique, and then really... You want to have strong evidence to say that he could have avoided moving his elbow or his forearm or whatever it was that hit Walker in the head once he once he landed on the ground. Mm. Um, mm, it's, it's, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. Yeah, well, as uh, usual, if they charge him, well, obviously they have charged him. But if he's found if he's found guilty, I think again you're opening up uh, just another avenue to suspend players and. Not that it happens that often, but that, that certainly happens within games. There, there'd be a lot of situations like that where it's covered up in a tackle. You know, particularly in three-man tackles where the ball carrier falls on his front and there's a defender that's underneath him, they, they'd be copping elbows and knees in the head all the time. So... Well, what do we teach yeah, our, we teach our back rows? It's not an easy one to... Break down. I think. Look, if it was deliberate and they can prove that it was deliberate, I, I agree. You should be charged. You probably should get a couple of weeks for it. I just found it difficult watching it to prove that he deliberately he, he deliberately did it. So again, I, I find it. Yeah, when we don't have clear intent, that, that makes it difficult. Some will probably argue. Some will probably listening thinking, well, they they think there is clear intent there. But having been around the game. You know, as as long as we we have, I, I really don't. I really don't know how to adjudicate on it. Well, I'm certainly not straightening my ball carrying arm to avoid landing on a half who I've just dominated and ran at. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's probably. Like, if I'm if I'm an edge back rower and I get to isolate you, the, the tactics are that the back row will run on the half. Well, that's the point. Bash him up. Like it's, it's, it's not going to stop happening. Essentially, what the tactic is. So, police is just doing his job. Uh, you know, yeah, you just, you just got to work out whether whether he crossed the line or not. Well, the Madison one, I completely agree that he should have been suspended. But what happened with this one is a monetary fine was issued within this new matrix that was created a few weeks ago, where there's more fines rather than suspensions, which I think the players' union wasn't exactly happy about. In terms of you know, the fines obviously affect some players more than others, but in terms of not affecting missing football games, um, Melbourne went to the judiciary. I think more so for the fact of, not the fine, but to prove a point. Um, and I think tonight he's got off. So he's got no fine. But it, it seems the same old, same old story. The journos have grabbed a hold of it and gone wild and 
really disagree with it, but a lot of ex-players, I heard Benji Marshall, Paul Gallen, Gould, a lot of them don't seem to have a problem with it and have probably spoken in the similar sense that we just have. Um, do, do you run to hurt halves or to try and inflict damage on a half when you're a back row? 100%, that's your job. You want to get at halves, you want to get at the top of halves. Can you prove intent? No. Is Does he have a bit of a record or a bit of a, a rap sheet in, you know, so, so maybe subtle dark arts? Yes, but... You know, if we're going to start penalising everything on the other side of the ball carrier, which a lot of people have that argument that why do you have to be accountable as a defender or as not an attacker? There's not going to be much of a game of rugby league left because that would mean that Ponga would uh, kick out would be in trouble over the weekend for running to Ponga or Jared would be in trouble for just about every single run he's ever had with his bumpers or you know you'd have to start running with your hands down by your side. Like I, I don't really know how far you can go before you basically just say let's play Oztag. There's some things unfortunately. That are accidents, but in terms of what we teach our back rowers to do, that's certainly what you want your back rowers to do. Not so much the way it ended up, but you want them to get stuck into halves, get over the top of them, and we teach them to find elbows and knees. So, in that sense, he's ran over the top of him. He's trying to get down, and get up, and um, again, do I, do I think he deliberately intended to do it? Well, again, we'll never know, but there certainly wasn't, I don't think, the extra motion that we saw when he was defending up against Madison, which was just blatant. But back rows certainly are taught to get at halves, and you try and you try to hurt halves because that makes it easier to get quick play of the balls or break it, break the line down. Yeah, but it's not going to get any easier for Sam, that's for sure. Along his career, there's going to be back rows coming in for the next decade. Yeah, we need some prunes. So yeah, your first up contact's got to be better, or you got to become one of those guys, I guess that gets a bit lower and waits for a bit of help, but going high on a man uh, in that sense there, one-on-one with the initial contact, was never going to work out favourably. The incident, in the end, he passed his HIA, he got a bit of a bloody nose. Um, but, yeah, that one was something that was brought out of uh, that one, uh, that game, sorry. But, yeah, I think Angus Crichton, similar deal, had one of his better games. He had a bit of a late mishap uh, in the game where he got beat on his inside by Felice. But, again, trying to throw his hand up. I um, thought Sawali had some nice moments coming back out of that camp, so obviously took some confidence from uh, you know that experience, and he just continues to show you know some of those good signs. And you forget that he's still only 18. Uh, and for Melbourne, like I said, it was some of those unsung heroes that Craig Bellamy mentioned. And I thought Olam had a hell of a night. Every time they went left there, they couldn't get him enough football. He was very damaging. Um, Hughes had some good moments despite a, a try that I thought he certainly bombed and. I'm sure they're happy to get Nelson back as well. He only played 20 minutes, but a run under the belt uh, for him is a good thing for them. They certainly missed him the few weeks he was out. Yeah. But uh, we move on from that one. And the Broncos and the Raiders, this was a game that I really enjoyed. Uh, thought it was very entertaining. It was back and forth the first half. A try-to-try affair. And uh, Brisbane, again, it's, it's an important win. It was an important game for, for both sides. But to go into this one, no Cobbo. No stags, and then to lose Haas, Farnsworth, Reynolds, and like man with the last couple of minutes and have no one on the bench. Canberra were just rolling the last 20 minutes downfield, and you thought for sure they were going to get the chocolates and just bust them open, but the halves were pretty disappointing, if I'm being honest. Like to Pine and these forwards laid a good platform. Stalling was rolling off the back of it, but Whiten basically didn't have a run for almost 60, 65 minutes, and between him and Fogarty, at the back end, uh, couldn't come up with a clinching player or a moment 
to sort of get Canberra across the line. And I'm not saying this one's critical, but that was certainly one of those ones that had a direct impact on, you know, getting into the eight or further down the track. And for Brisbane, much like the Cowboys and a couple of teams that rested a couple and ended up losing a couple, uh, it's a big result. Yeah, huge. Huge result. I thought the better team would. Canberra had their chances, but, yeah, they they leaked defensively. And Brisbane took their opportunities when they had them. It was end-to-end. It was try-for-try end end. for, for a long way there. And it was, um, yeah, Canberra can certainly, you know, hold their hands up. But I, I thought probably set ends with a difference. But Brisbane just, you know, the polish on their sets were a lot better than Canberra's. And that was probably a difference in the game. It determined field position and possession. And that's, that's ultimately what decides close games. It was nice to see finally Mam play with Reynolds, and I know Gamble was injured, so I'm not sure if that's the way they would have gone, but we spoke about the season preview. He had a hell of a year last year. He's a natural runner. He's very creative and playing at the back of good service and good shape and having Tamari Martin there as well. We got a bit of a glimpse into you know almost that sort of connection that he had with Cody Walker, creating space for a dynamic outside man and running. He put his mark on the game, Mam. And uh, obviously, Carrigan's backup effort was huge. Flagler certainly made a big impact and, again, put his hand up to let him know that if anything happens, he's going to be available. Um, Rabadi's connection with Mam was good. I'm, I'm assuming that's come from playing together in Queensland Cup mostly so far. And Guys like Hetherington, I know I said it before, but he, he was a real barometer or a real mood changer for me when he came into this side. Um, it's had a bit of a flowing effect. He's a really unsung he- hero on that sort of pack and what he does and a wrap to probably Billy Walters as well once they lost both the halves at the back end just calming things down Pakes was off as well um, some of the kicks he put in and just finishing the game off and um, yeah great result for Brisbane considering the hard circumstances a few of those injuries are going to be long term looks like Herbie Farmer is going to be out for at least three months with a torn bicep Pakes I think looking four to six Reynolds uh, will be probably a week to week Haas has now done his AC in both shoulders, so that's probably just going to be getting needled constantly, which he already is. And not sure about Mam's head knock, but I guess we'll see into next week. But Cobbo was arrested. He'll be back. Stag's not sure about that shoulder, but apparently he's close to being back. And um, A tough test if some of those guys do back up. They head down to Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult. <clears throat> Good test. Yeah. And I think for Canberra, again, I'll give a wrap a lot of those forwards because the, the turnarounds come off the back of them. Tarpany's form uh, in the last four to six weeks has been incredible. He was massive again the other night. Adam Elliott, real purple patch since he's been down there and just signed himself a new three-year deal with Newcastle. I know Savage made a couple of errors, but I just thought, you know, he just kept on coming. Um, he's going to learn. There's only one way to learn. Uh, but I still think the spark he brings in the X-Factor is a lot better than what they were getting from the back. And uh, just a couple other guys, like Horsberg hit a flat spot the last year and a bit. He certainly found his best form again. And Hudson Young, um, you know, was being talked about in rep circles and really fell down a few pegs and started the year a little bit flat. He's coming to some good form. But, yeah, I think the biggest disappointment in this one, uh, considering the chances in the last 20, was their halves, unfortunately. Yeah. So we move on from that one. Manly Tigers... 30-4, to four. Um, it was a tight first half, but a bit of the same old, same old, unfortunately. 
for the Tigers, they, they put in a good fight, but just a couple of moments that let them down. Um, and second half, once it looked like it was starting to get a little bit out of hand and they conceded a couple of those early tries, the spear tackle happens from Brent Naden with 15 minutes to go. And from there, it was just a fade to complete. They got a couple of soft tries to finish off. The offload for Cooler to break up an open space, followed up by Alloway just crashing through for the second time on the day, which I'm sure he would have been stoked about considering uh, the circumstances in which he left. But for Manly, it's another big he result. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll be stoked for the result because, again, they've lost Tom, they missed DCE, they've had a couple of weeks where they've played under man, but they've toughed out a few gritty wins. Um, and this one, White, wasn't pretty particular in the first half, is another one that they've chalked up. So I'm Four very important uh, competition points over the last fortnight. Hundred percent for the Tigers, I guess. Didn't you know there was a little bit more free flowing football, or probably a little bit more on the shift side of things. But uh, in terms of defence and what you saw, that the, the two worst defensive efforts I saw on the day were both by the man who's now left the club effective immediately today, which is uh, Luciano Leilua. Which I guess for the Tigers, some are saying, why would you do it? Well, you've already fired your coach, so you've pretty much put up the white flag. The one upside is if he's not putting the effort in, you can keep pushing towards playing some younger guys. Um, and they've certainly pushed a lot of the young kids up in a cup already. The third part is they get some extra money freed up, which they can pay forward in the next year's salary cap. Um, and for the Cowboys, I, I guess it's a bonus for them because they've tried three or four times and now they've lost Healy and Lukey for the season. Nanai potentially going to miss another week and Tommy Gilbert's out this week. So their three first-choice back rows are all missing. Um, if there's one thing I think we're going to definitely find out is if Luciano does have that sort of def- defensive effort um, in his game because Todd Payton's certainly not going to accept a few of the efforts he put in over the weekend. But he gets a real big opportunity to go to the Cowboys this season, considering where they are, because I highly doubt no, no one really saw this he's, coming. He's had, he's had a few certainly change once he gets up there. Mm. <clears throat> well, it's going to have to, because, again, I know Luke is out, but Gilbert and Nano are going to be back in the mix, so... Um, if he doesn't play well, I'm not saying they're, they're going to regret it early, but I'm sure they'll want him to hit the ground running and certainly improve his effort. But coming into that environment, you'd hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll think. Yeah. If not, he'll be playing Queensland Cup. Mm. Um, but what do you think about the Naden tackle? It wasn't exactly a pretty one. No, it wasn't pretty. Um, what did he get, four weeks? Yeah, same as Lawton. Yeah, I think, I think that's about right. <clears throat> um, there wasn't a lot of intent there, but there was a lot of... It was poor technique, and he, he lifted. He certainly initiated the lift, and he lost control of it. And he put Turbo in a, Jake Turbo in a very, very dangerous position. And it was, it was certainly a very, very ugly, ugly tackle. So... Yeah, I think it's a send-off. I think that's a good message to send. I'd like to see more send-offs for tackles like that. Yeah. And a month. Yeah, a month is probably right. Yeah, like I said, if, if the Lawton one was a month, I think certainly on par. Um, and in terms of what the result could have been, it was not pretty, that's for sure. Um, but for them moving forward, I don't know if Kamali makes many more changes. Does he blood any kids? What's the... Sort of directive. I think they'll, they'll definitely be blood kids. Surely that's like this season's done. It was interesting 
to see their coaching dynamic, though. I, I think Benny Gardner's been in the box. He was in the blue shirt. Robbie Farrow's gone from blue shirt into the box. I saw Sheen's in the box. They're, they've even reshuffled that side of things. So, um, Yeah, interesting, but he said he wanted to bring the fun back into football and coaching should be fun. It wasn't, uh, wasn't a very fun day in the end, unfortunately, for the Tigers, but I think Hastings, as always, uh, was pretty good and some talk already around Newcastle sniffing around him. He's only got a year to go, so it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Off Ian Gowie, I uh, thought he was terrible last year, but again, certainly an improvement this year. And you guys like Twal who turn up every week, but 50 missed tackles and the send-off aren't exactly going to help you. No. No. For Manly... They, they need to improve their discipline and their defence. Hmm. Um, and more of what they had in the first half they at least were in the arm wrestle but once they leaked those two tries and the send off to boot it uh, certainly put the nail in the coffin but for Manly Olakuatu certainly a big game for him but seems like he's going to make himself available for Tonga and not New South Wales I don't know whether that was the case before game one if he would have been picked in the 22 or not but apparently um, that was always sort of the plan so that rules out Thoughts of him playing for New South Wales. Um, LOEA and their pack was pretty good. Garrick has, I think, done a pretty solid job filling at the back. And Cooler, we finally got to see him in some open space. Uh, he's bloody quick, let's put it that way. I, I thought they might have been tempted to give him a couple of games at fullback, seeing that's where he came to the grades. But I, I guess maybe at the back end of the year, if, if they do fall out of finals contention, which they're certainly not out of now, especially with the wins they've had, they might consider it. Um, but for now, like we said, a couple of gritty wins. DC didn't play again, so Schuster had another run in the halves. Um, interesting to see this week, though, they come up against the Cowboys, so a much sturdier test than someone who's directly above, which could be uh, you know pretty impactful. But, yeah, I, I guess the other thing is, origin-wise, we know DC's out, but if New South Wales attempted to go back to Jake, uh, I think we've made it clear that we wouldn't, but a lot of people are calling for him and Addo Carr to go straight back in, which would... I think for New South Wales, you'd just be basically, you know, flip-flopping on the decisions you've made after game one. Yeah. I certainly don't think, think anyone in the back three needs to change. No. Nah. Uh, I'll be looking for a back rower to replace Sims, but uh, I don't think the issue was as much players as it was playing. I just didn't... You know, I actually said to him with 25 to go, let's go. Yeah. Because you could just see what was going to happen. So, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too deep in it because we've mentioned that Lewis moved on and the pros and cons of that. But what do you think of the thought of offering Serrato like a five-year deal? Like, if you're taking a five-year deal, you'd want it all guaranteed. Well, you're not going to get, you're not going to get five years. Well, that's what I mean. Because so. by the end of the, by the end of the five years, probably by the end of three, the three years, you're either going to have a contract extension or you're going to get sacked. Hmm. So, you, so the five year, they can say five year deal all they want, but there'll be clauses and stuff in there to get get them out of it if they're not playing well. Hmm. And that's the point yeah, I'm making. And clubs don't care; they just pull the trigger. Do you have enough trust in a club like the Tigers if you're well, someone no, like? We said this, spoke, first spoke about this last week. I firmly, I'll reiterate it again that you need to be able to project forward and say, "Am I going to be winning in eighteen months?" And if the answer is no, then you don't take the job. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have mentioned that. And the answer, the answer to that for both those clubs is no. No. And so, and, and Cameron Smart, like, he's an intelligent man. He's got good advice around him. I, I, can't, I can't imagine that he'll take either of those jobs. 
and throw the Warriors in on that as well. I, I, as Buckley's is going to take the Warriors shot. I think, you know, if, if a Newcastle came up, I think he'd, he'd seriously consider that. Uh, you know, the Dragons potentially. One, one of those one of those clubs, he'd, he'd certainly consider it. But, yeah, I'd, there's, there's a reason why the coaches keep getting turned over, the Dogs and the Tigers and the Warriors. And those, those issues far outweigh any influence that, that a coach can have. And I was going to say the same thing to you. If, if he's now the new Fitzgibbon or O'Brien of a couple of years ago, I, I think there'd be a better job to come up that you'll be able to get than the ones that are available. Yeah, well, the media sort of determines <clears throat> who's next in line as a coach. Like, it, if there was no media coverage, then how would you, how would you know? You'd just go via word of mouth. So, look, he's, he's in a good spot because Penrith have been successful and he's... Uh, Sat with you know next to Ivan through the last three seasons where they've you know been finals bound or they've made grand finals, won grand finals. And look what they're going to do, go close again this year. So yeah, just push your name up in in lights. But as you can see via the form of everyone that you know has come before him in terms of you know your Adam O'Brien, your Stephen Kearney's, the guys that have been with successful head coaches and successful clubs, it doesn't always mean that you're going to have that same success when you leave. Well, look at Trent Barrett. <clears throat> yeah, well, Trent Barrett was essentially camp two years ago, really, wasn't he? So, mm. Mm. Well, the one thing I'll say about, <clears throat> I'll say about Kevin Serrato, look, he's, you know, he's been at the Panthers now for about 10 years, whereas, yeah, Barrett was sort of on and off and took the job at Manly and, came back and it was a little bit more just disjointed so and uh, so you know Serrano's worked under Griffin he's worked with Cleary uh, he worked closely with, with Phil Gould so he's had a good specking of different different coaches so yeah we, and, and it's just that it's about Cameron thinking well no look I, I'm over been in the system I just want to be a coach and I want to go and do it and you, know, you don't yeah he's not in his position to be an assistant for the rest of his life he obviously wants to to be a head coach it's yeah I, I just I, I just look at those two two jobs and I respect Cameron as a coach I'm not saying that he couldn't turn them around but you know do you really want to do you want to risk getting burnt when you like to say you could potentially get a a better job or a more uh, safer safer job with a probably a tidier roster and a a better club, like you say, yeah, it'll, it'll just be interesting. And I think a lot of it will come back to just how he's feeling. You know, do you want to do you want to sit in the sidecar or do you want to go out and wear the big boy shoes? And yeah, be interesting. I think he's getting. You know, obviously at the moment Ivan's got some health issues, so he's getting to do a little bit more hands on. But I also think I, they've got a lot of assistant coaches out there. Yeah, from a what, lot of assistant coaches, and that was part of the reason why I ended up leaving because you you just you just don't get to do a lot of coaching because they've got so many good people out there, and that's that's not a knock on the club. That was that was the decision that I made about me. I wanted to do more coaching. It wasn't that there was anything in particular wrong with the Panthers you know I, I was there for 10 years and loved every minute of it but 
yeah, that, that is their strength. And then when you come out of that system, and I, I learned this when, you know, we went to the West Tigers, that you, yeah, okay, this is different. And I probably did, I probably then had to do too much coaching over there because you, you know, you, the staffing's different and you're trying to learn uh, people and you're, you're coaching, you're helping assistant coaches and the depth in, in, in coaches isn't, isn't as thick because you're, you know, you're, you're not pulling from the same sort of pool of, of junior coaches because you, you, in a lot of those districts, you just simply, because they don't have the teams, you don't have as many people coaching. Therefore, you don't have the depth in coaching. So, yeah, it'll just be about <clears throat> learning how to deal with the operations of clubs that aren't like Penrith, dealing with rosters that aren't like Penrith, dealing with other coaches, assistant coaches, you know, who is he going to have on his staff? There's a, there's a hell of a lot of things that are going to have to line up and he's, he's going to probably have to have some guarantees on and, he, you know, if, if there's someone who he wants on his staff that's at another club, are they off contract? Are they able to get a release? Like, there's, there's a whole heap of things I think that he'd be tossing up. Yeah, I I agree with you there, but yeah, even the mention of the five-year deal today, I just laughed and thought, even if that's the case, similar deal like you're saying, 18 months to two years down the track, you got to know if it's heading in the right direction or not. There's no guarantee that everyone gets to the pathway because they're spruiking about this next group coming through, which, again, um, it's a long way off. four years away, that group. Yeah, that's the point. And the few that have got through from that sort of time we were there where they fired and hired two or three different people to run that pathway set up, a handful have got to the cup at the moment. Um, but in terms of how many could have been there, how many could get to first grade, there probably should have been a few more in the pipeline. Um, but just where they're at. What, what will happen is some other clubs pick them up and they'll play first grade there. That's what mm. happens. But in terms of the five years, I'd want guaranteed money or a prorated amount of the total. There's no way I'd be going there without... Yeah, well, we're not going to get any inside info. No, we're not asking for inside info, but I'm saying they're saying a five-year deal. There's no way they're going to fully guarantee the five years, but if they were going to do something along those lines, they're going to have to at least give him two to three minimum, if they're serious, about doing what Sheen said they want to do. But I'd want a prorated amount if I was going to go there, even under that circumstance, if I don't get to see the five years. That if they get to year three and they go, oh, we don't want you for the next two, I'd want a minimum payout. I'd want something in my favour. Because, again, if you go there and state your career on it, uh, you know, it could, be a, it could be a setback. But we've just seen it like we've talked about. They got a premiership winner who won a comp in the Super League and in the NRL, and he couldn't turn around. So as to who's the correct person or with Sheens being there, is that a good start enough to fire off the issues internally that they've had with the board and a little bit more stability in the football department? I don't know, but... Yeah, interested when I heard that today. He's obviously got his pick of jobs, but if I was him, similar to what we said, like an O'Brien, like a Fitzgibbon, if you're the one who seems to be in the driver's seat, I'd be waiting for a better job. Yeah. I, I think one will come available that would be a lot more appealing um, than the... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tigers, dogs, and I think obviously New Zealand you can rule out. I doubt you'd be moving there with a young family. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be seriously consider waiting or staying at Penrith at least for another year unless the Tigers' offer was so ridiculous with enough guarantees and time that I thought, okay, I'm, I'm willing to take the chance. But I'd, I'd need a lot in my favour to take that job. So we'll see what happens. But moving on from that... Sharks, Warriors, 38-16, talking of uh, other coaches. Stacey Jones um, pretty much left things the same this week in terms of the team, which, you know, I want a short turnaround and what's happened with Brown and that whole situation, which there's been a lot more information on. And, uh, you know, re- respect to Brown for just owning it and talking about what it is. Um, you know, I think a lot of people underestimate family uh, in this situation and he has moved around a lot so I'll be interested to see what he does do next he's basically said he won't be a head coach again uh, but wants to help younger head coaches or do something still in the coaching realm but yeah it wants to be a mentor yeah um, for the Warriors side of things I guess they had two good 15 minute periods at the start of both halves but just after that were, were ordinary and yeah, they look great with the ball Without it, really, that's as simple as it is. They've got similar problems to the Titans, though. They need to get more blokes there that want to tackle. Mm. 38 to 16. Eight tries run in. Uh, they were pulled apart multiple different ways on their edges. At times, they were passive, got passed around. At times, they jammed and disconnected. Um, they made a couple of simple errors, like Walsh had two. Barry Crockett, really, one that he juggled, one he threw out his ass on a scrum. I think he was trying a little too hard, but the Sharks had a field day. Probably scoreline flatters me a little bit because Nico Hines couldn't kick the back of a barn door um, on the day. He kicked three from eight and was a tad shaky with the boot. But I've still seen some stuff with the Sharks because they've been a bit patchy that concern me. Not not majorly, but I guess also when you've got a brand new team and you get some players and your style of play sort of reveals itself, then some teams that play you after six or eight weeks get a bit more video. Um, there's been games where they look a little bit frustrated or like they're trying to force things a little bit. This one, not so much the case, so a little bit flat to start, but um, I've probably been a little bit underwhelmed in general, probably the last five to six weeks by the, what Cronulla have dished up. Um, but in the end, got the job done convincingly. The Warriors, yeah, you play 15 minutes. Yeah, like they're playing with their food a bit. Yeah, you play 15 minutes in each half. It's not enough. I think the highlight of the night for them will be that finish by Dallin. That was incredible. Mm. That was a real poster moment. Um, awful injury for Murdoch Masilla, that dislocated elbow and potentially more damage. That that was ugly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Spot on. But the positive for the Sharks, and I mentioned this before last week, Nico was in camp as 18th man. I don't know whether he gets taken in next week, but they could potentially go through this period untouched. And they get Melbourne in a few weeks where Melbourne will have players in camp. And if they've got no one again... Um, that's a really advantageous position to be in. This week they get the Titans, um, depending on if they get anyone back. So it's a real good chance, like we said, during this period for them to get the whip out and make up a little bit of ground for a few of those results that surprise some people. Yeah. 
Panthers Newcastle forty two to four. It was a training run. Um, similar deal. I, I didn't think they needed to back up the players. I thought they wouldn't. Thought this would have been a good time to get some more games into that depth that you've got in case something does go wrong. But I'm sure those Origin boys, in particular the New South Wales boys, which they all have, would have been disappointed. And I, I think they blew off some steam in this one because they were certainly all heavily involved and uh, they had their fingerprints all over this result. Yeah, they did, definitely. And like you say, the revenge was on the mind and Newcastle didn't give a whimper though, really. It was, yeah, concerning. If you're a Knights fan, that was... Mm, not sure what the answer is there, but uh, yeah, Penrith. They don't need an invitation to, to come and... Um, yeah, bring the baseball bats and, and teach you a lesson, and that's that's what they did. Full house, Newcastle, Sunday Arvo, uh, Pride or Public Holiday, like it, it, everything pointed. Penrith had players out, and they dished that up. It's yeah, it'd be hard to cop as a Knights fan. Yeah, and probably more disappointing. Like you said, their effort's been a bit better. They've got a couple of players back the last few weeks um, after some injury and some time out, and. Then you get Milford in, who has actually not looked half bad in a couple of those games, but Penrith just had a field day. Uh, they rolled way too easily. Similar deal again. When you kick the front door and you pull the edges apart, their whole left edge scored. Um, May, Tago, Kikau, Cleary, like they, all those guys got one. Critter and Toto on the other side of the field, basically all the origin boys besides Martin. Um, Yo obviously didn't play Eisenhuth, slotted in very well, but it was a it was an all-around team effort. They were outstanding as a whole. Uh, real punishing performance, and it was probably summed up the whole day in the first 15 minutes when Caelan Ponga got introduced to Kikau's shoulder on the way through and failed his HIA, and it, it, it never got any better. Dane Gagai would have been wishing he was back in the Queensland Maroons camp getting a victory because he saw nothing but heavy traffic all day and was the victim of uh, 10 missed tackles and a lot of, lot of bodies flying down his edge without a lot of help. Well, yeah, it certainly helped. I think one positive for me most weeks when I watch them, and he's he's going to get a lot better, I think, in the next two years, but just physically and overall, Dom Young. I think Dom Young is going to be a good player um, with a little bit more time than NRL. He's very raw. I don't know, I don't know what the answer is there at Newcastle. It's, it's not looking good for Adam O'Brien. No, well, you you got to wonder, don't you? They've obviously had some good news this week in terms of they wanted to strike a blow with some recruitment. Barnett's moving on, but they got Adam Elliott and Jack Hetherington coming, so certainly a bit more aggression and a bit more leg speed to your forward pack. But also at the same time, you've got this, both the Safidi brothers, you've got David Clemmy, you've got Tyson Frizzell, you've still got Lachlan Fitzgibbon. I, I don't know how they're all going to fit in to one. Well, they're not. Um, you know, they, they brought Clifford down. I know they, they moved Pierce on. I know Braley hasn't been there, but Ponga signed up long-term. Um, Gagai's there they brought him this year Best is injured again so overall make the finals the last two years I, the only thing I can say this year is they have had the most long term injuries I looked that up the other day with the NRL physio he's usually got some good points so the team with the most six plus week injuries was Newcastle with eight the next closest was five so that, that has hurt obviously but their effort at the start of the year to where they've ended up now and where they're heading in particular, the spine positions. Like I love Rayleigh, but he's had a couple of long-term injuries now. I didn't agree with how much they paid Ponga, and I'm, you certainly no one sold on their half situation. Well, yeah, yeah. 
they have to action it fairly soon, don't they? Yeah, well, that's that's the, the glaring one that stands out. They've already done the Ponga deal, so the question is now: Can they find a halfback? Clune's steady, but he's not a long-term option. Clifford looked okay for a few weeks and got a couple of Daly M points, then was out of the team altogether. Um, Braley's health's a concern. Hopefully, he can stay on the field, but yeah, they certainly need to find a half. Yeah, that's a, a big point for them. But for Penrith, yeah, can't speak high enough. And uh, yeah, those guys obviously. Let off some steam and poor old Newcastle just happened to be the recipients. So um, thirteen and one for the Panthers, outstanding. Um, and again, I'm sure those guys will get a run again in a couple of weeks' time, probably pre and post the last Origin game with the affected round. But yeah, uh, I, I'm surprised they didn't look to give those guys some game time. But we, we leave that one behind and we get to the last game, which I attended, and I found Gus in the crowd of all places where I thought I'd, I'd find someone. Me and you, when we go to the football, we like to have your own space and just watch the game and not have people around you. So took my partner, and first we sat like on the 40, and I thought, there's no one going to be here. And then the last 20 minutes, as you'd expect, a bunch of people come rolling in and decide to sit right next to you in front of you and up and down, and people here, there, and everywhere moving. So went to the bar about five minutes before kickoff, got myself a couple of beers and said, we're going to sit all the way over to the side where no one is. Had a hundred chairs literally all around me at the ANZ members level of my own and thought I'll get that diagonal view from the top corner across the field. Sure enough, when I walk out of that door with my beers, there's Gus Gould. There you go. And I thought, he wanted to watch the game in peace. There you go. He, he's got the similar thought. He doesn't want to be near anyone. He's got a good vantage point. And yeah. Uh, I, I did have one good funny moment. I can't remember who it was. One of the halves for Para threw a shit short pass at some point. Hospital board someone. Oh, sorry, the Bulldogs did. And I was like, that's terrible. And two seconds behind me, I just hear, fuck me. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Thinking alike in that situation. But great win by the dogs yesterday. And I guess it was all the free things people were talking about. You know, the entertainers of Ark and Dogs of War, this, that, and the other. I think more importantly, they just had a red-up crack um, in all the small effort areas. Their, their defense was great. Their, their yardage work. The intent on their carries, that they pushed on everything. There was a lot of effort tries. There was a lot of moments that they created just from being around the football. And it's just all the stuff we have not seen this year. And I think under Mick, the last few weeks, we've definitely seen a simplified attack and the defense has still been somewhat lacking. But I think yesterday we've seen all of it pulled together. And the story that came out during the week, uh, whether a lot of truth to it or not, but apparently about... Corey Allen laughing a little bit and having a bit of a joke after the Penrith game and the young bloke like Kraz basically blasted him and some of the older blokes about their shit attitude. Um, you know, that they, they all turn up to have a red up crack and that they certainly did. Yeah. Yeah, and they're not going to get beat on effort. They might get beat on skill, but not on effort. That's certainly one thing that Potsy's been able to instill and Parramatta just wanted the races, were they? they? I think they got they wobbled and got intimidated early by Pangai Junior, who was out to ruffle some feathers. He did his job, and from there they just looked distracted and ill-disciplined. Well, the funny thing is, the penalty count was heavily in favour of Parramatta. I think it was eleven. Yeah, I don't care what the penalty count was. I know that he legally legally intimidated him. I'm just saying in general, like it's not like everything. Like he certainly pushed the envelope, no doubt about that. He's not my cup of tea, but. Um, yeah, he, he, he's tempered it. He's starting to learn how to use that aggression in a positive way. Yeah, the biggest thing with Pangai is, let's say, a couple of weeks in a row. Well, that's, yeah. 
I think for the Bulldogs in general, they need to back it up. Yeah. I spoke to, spoke to Mick today, and that was the first thing he said. Just yeah, it's it's good that you know the challenge now is going to be backing it up for everyone, the whole organisation. So. Mm. Well, for Parramatta, it pretty much just sums up what we talked about the last time this happened. They can beat Melbourne and Melbourne and Penrith in Penrith, but they lose to the Tigers in a game that they shouldn't, and then they roll up here with three guys that only played 30 minutes. Mondays too. Mm, 30 minutes each in origin, had the least amount of game time, the least impact, the longest turnaround against the worst team supposedly in the competition, and you get belted by 30. So for them, it's another one of these ones you look at and go, this is why it's going to be hard for you to win the comp because you don't win the games you should. You've dropped two of them. You, you've won two that you shouldn't, but this is the stuff that costs you top four home finals and the better opportunity through the finals, the best pathway. Well, that's, yeah, exactly right. They, yeah. they need to make that as easy as possible, and the easiest way to do that is to finish top four. Mm. And to beat, like I said, those sides that you know you should beat. They should have yeah, beaten the Bulldogs, plain and simple. Correct. But outstanding by the Dogs. And I think Arthur summed it up that, you know, they, he was similar to that last time, wanted to play through the middle. They refused to play through the middle. They tried to pass their way out of trouble, and the longer the game got on, they just got worse and worse. They played away from what they should have been going headfirst into. And pretty much I think it was summed up by Mitchell Moses when he dawdled in for that try and Matt Burton knocked the ball out of his hands. It was a bad day. Yeah, uh, I've got some different thoughts on that, but yeah. Attitude certainly isn't one. Yeah, their attitude was shit house. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the they dogs. Bring, they didn't bring the work booth, they bought the dancing shoes. Yeah, and it showed. Like I said, errors from all their key players. Moses had a couple of barries, Gutho had a couple, um, in general. They had a 14, 15 errors. They had the penalty count go in favour of, I think, 11 penalties to four. So it's not like they were without opportunities to dig themselves out of a hole, but they just never got into the fight. Uh, but Addo Carr, bags a hat-trick. Matty Burton has one of his best games, had a great day with the boot. Avarillo, second week at fullback, and I hope they persist with that there because I think that's his best spot. Marshall King, um, again, I think an underrated player. And, yeah... Pungai Jr. Vaughan, a lot of those guys got him at their job and Karaz, big game as well and now looks like he's you know pushing to be a long-term part of the furniture after signing that deal. So heading into the Tigers this week, uh, it's a real good opportunity for them to get two in a row. Into a bye, into the rep round week off and then they've got Sharks into a bye. So it's a nice little, nice little period for them. I'm shutting up what they got that today. So yeah, a bit of green grass in front of them. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a very, very good thing to get somebody in. I guess like we said, with his sort of temperament, I think he's perfect for what they're going through because there's a lot of guys there that are moving on. There's a lot of guys there who don't know what their future is and it's a fair transition period, but I don't think you're going to have a better person for what the circumstance is to bring the group together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for Parramatta, it's just another one of these situations where I sit there and think, well, you know, top four and finals hopes. Uh, certainly are going to be a lot harder because it's the ones like these at the end you look back at and go, well, this is why you're not in the top four and you play sudden death and now you have to win four games in a row. But, yeah. That wraps up the reviews and some of the news we had to talk about there. I think the only point I didn't touch on when we were at the game um, was the rooster side of things and the concern 
for Luke Keary. Um, I think looking here, I think he got named this week. Yep, he's been named, but I guess just on the back of the pathway they took with Boyd Cordner and where he's at, he's won a couple of three premierships. He's, he's had a great career. Like if, if it gets to that point again where he gets a couple more, Brock, I guess for his own sort of well-being and where they're at, he, he's certainly got nothing left to prove. No, but look, it's, again, it's medical advice. Who, who, like, who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to speak about it. When I saw that the other night, it was just more... It looked yeah, like... Well, but what pissed me off is like they, they straight away speculate about, oh, you know, it could be the end of his career, career ending, career in danger. It's like, well, just let the doctors do their job. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you there. It's just concerning to see someone who's had multiple... Well, it's concerning to see anyone get a, get a head knock. No. Yeah. And I think for them, they're in an interesting space because, like we said last year, lots of injuries, got some younger guys in, brought a few positive members in this year, and it hasn't really landed where they want so far. Like Watson, they started with him. They moved him back to the impact role. They've got Hutchison playing there. He's, Hutchison's also had an... Uh, sorry, Watson's also had an injury. Verrills has been injured in and out. I think they've recalled him this week. Uh, in that situation, Momorowski, they brought over after he had a great year last year. He hasn't had the greatest of years. They've dropped him this week for Billy Smith. A few of those forwards have struggled. Like Jared started to come good the last few weeks and now he's injured. Angus had a brand new deal, a long-term deal, which now can't be registered, supposedly due to cap interest. And now Parramatta and a few other clubs are interested. It hasn't quite panned out so far. I'm, I'm sure how the Roosters would have hoped. So... Interesting to see how the rest of the year plays out for them. And big game this week, obviously, against Para. But that wraps up, as I said, those game reviews and uh, our power rankings now brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. There's no one better than Jake and the crew there. So tackle your rising power bills head on with the help of Solar Energy. Sin bin those rising bills. And my God, they're getting worse. Visit the website www.penrithsolar.com.au or call 1800 20 29 30. Number one. The Penrith Panthers. Yeah. Number two, uh, I've stuck with the Storm for now. Yeah, me too. Three, the Cowboys, and that's no disrespect to their win um, yeah. over Melbourne, but yeah. Four, the Broncos, they've really solidified themselves. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, five, I've got Para, but it could be the Sharks. They, they lost to them, but some of their wins as opposed to the losses that Cronulla have had, I'll go with Eels at five. Yeah, I'll go with Para. Yeah. Sharks at six. Yeah. Um, Roosters at seven. Yeah. And I've got Souths obviously locking out eight at the moment, but Eagles and Raiders are right behind. Yeah. A bit of a foregone conclusion of the power rankings at the moment. Yeah, well, in particular the top. Clear cut top four or so and yeah particularly like we said there's four or five sides at the bottom that certainly are competing for finals you're looking at it you're like well Titans Dogs Warriors Tigers Newcastle are all gone none of them are making the eight no definitely the Titans not. Titans have already lost 11 games Warriors Tigers have lost 10 Knights have lost 9 so mm, you're yeah. looking at yeah. three the- Really, three teams remaining fighting out for the other um, positions in the top eight. So there's a nice little, 
nice little group of teams there from the Sharks, Sharks, Eels, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Seagulls, Dragons, Raiders are separated by only two, two wins. So that's going to be a, a nice little battle. Probably for positions five through to, yeah, 11. Yeah, like I said, I think at the moment the Sharks are the ones in a really advantageous spot over the next few weeks to solidify their spot, given origin effect and just where they're at. I think Dale's due back within the next week. Ueli, I'm not certain, but other than that, they're pretty much full strength. Um, you know, Manly are obviously dealing with a major loss of Tom and working their way around that, but origin effect-wise, the only player they lose is DCE, and then you've got Canberra, who obviously hurt themselves with a slow start. So the question for them is, can they turn that around? Canberra, Canberra should go on a six-point run here. They've got um, Newcastle this week, then the Dragons, and then the Fire. So what about get on a little six-point run. If, if they don't really get get six points there, I think you can, you can almost call curtains. Yeah, and what about uh, the Roosters? I think I'm right in saying they play Para, Penrith, like, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, they've got Parramatta this week. Then Penrith at, uh, at Penrith. Then they've got a bye into the Dragons. Yeah. Newcastle. So, yeah, they get an easier run after that, Broncos. Mm. Well, if they... If they do end up dropping the next two. I think they're going to need to win two or three on the trot after Origin to sort of build their way back up, that's for sure. They've got the Cowboys south and Melbourne in their last four. Yeah, so... Uh, it's a tough run home as well. They're going to need to uh, probably jag one of the next two. I think more likely this week than playing the Panthers, that's for sure. Mm. But, yeah, in a tough spot, I'd say, but... Leaving that behind, let's have a look at the round ahead. Brought to you by bluebet.com.au. Download the app today or visit the website. And that offer again on all games this week. Back a team head-to-head. And if they lead by six points or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner up to $100. Lead by six at halftime. You win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Uh, The tips last week, we both got six apiece. And... uh, Looking at the games for this week, we kick things off on Thursday night with the Dragons looking to bounce back at win up against South Sydney. And we know that Luttrell uh, is going to be missing for another week, but otherwise for them, there's only one change to that team. Blake Taft comes back on the bench and Peter Mamazoulos moves to the reserves. Luttrell, as we said, will be ruled out this week and they're going to keep him out from origin, I basically think. And you know, fair enough to the Rabbitohs. They've invested a lot of money. They've got him overseas. They've taken care of him. So for them, uh, you know, you want to have your best player or one of your best players available for the back end of the season. For the Dragons side of things, Ravalawa makes his return on the wing. So Jonathan Rubin, the oldest debutant, makes way. Matt Fanai returns on the other wing. So Moga is out. Jaden Sewer moves back to start in the back row. DeBellin pushes up to front row. Francis Milo back to the bench. Josh Maguire's out with a groin injury, and Andrew McCulloch plays his 300th game uh, this weekend. So it's been a hell of a career, but uh, unfortunately, 
I'm, I'm going to go with South because, again, they need to keep winning. And this is one of those ones they need to win because I think their draw on the way home is a lot of teams who reside in the top eight. So it's almost a must win. There he goes, Dragons. Upset here. I haven't been convinced by what I've seen from South. Not the Dragons, but, yeah, a bit of a rivalry game. I'm going to go the upset. Yeah, um, again, 300th down at win. Hunt's playing some yeah, good footy. Yeah, stadium, I think, it's a big advantage. Mm, and the drag, like I said, South certainly don't have the, you know, the back ability that they did last year, where you can rely on them in these sort of games. They've dropped a couple, so interesting to see how this one plays out. But yeah, there were some patches still there last week against the Titans that were, you know, still ominous in games from South, where they do open the door. I guess it's a question of what Dragons team turns up. I'm sure Lomax will want to have a much better effort this week, and he's going to need to. Um, and yeah, I, I think in general their forward pack needs to do a better job. And he's also got Sims playing at lock, so a bit more leg speed hopefully through the middle. But the odds with yeah. bluebet.com.au, the Dragons are outsiders at two seventy five. Souths a dollar forty five. Minus six and a half is the line. One to twelve for Souths is four. No, sorry, two sixty five four forty five for the Dragons. Thirteen plus Souths two seventy five six ninety for the Dragons. Manly at home. Uh, against the Cowboys and this one you know I think a real test of where they're at Cherry Evans comes back in so obviously four can go back to 5-8 Schuster goes to the bench and Ben Trebojevic is out into the reserves and for the Cowboys a couple of losses but they welcome back Cotter after a rest so they can push Hess back to the bench Nenai has been named after that ankle but we'll have to see what happens there um, and they'd be hoping he's ready to go because Tom Gilbert's got an eye injury. They're not quite sure yet how long, and obviously they lost Helium Lukey, who's been outstanding as an edge or a bench middle. Um, so Connolly Lamilu, who's moving on the Dolphins next year, gets his first opportunity to start in the back row. But I, I think just, again, for consistency and what they've got on their side right now, I'll stick with the Cowboys. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, if, if Manly can jag this one, this is a big result. Yeah, huge. Because where they're at, changes they've had to make, uh, where they've come from a couple of weeks ago, yeah, this would certainly be one, again, against the runner. But, you know, at Manly, you get the Cowboys, I wouldn't say tired, but you get the Cowboys, you know, after a couple of guys have been in camp, a couple of guys have played, and there's, you know, one or two in a little bit of doubt, you're probably not going to get them at a better time. No, yeah, I don't think so either. So... Good opportunity, but I still have faith in the Cowboys. They've shown a hell of a lot of resilience. And bluebet.com.au agree. The Cowboys are $1.57. Manly's $2.40, minus 4.5 the line. 1 to 12, 280 the Cows, 3.70 the Eagles. 13 plus, 3.15 the Cows, 5.80 the Eagles. And Melbourne Storm, only four games left on the run home down in Melbourne. And this is one of them up against the Broncos, which have generally been. Good clashes, but dominated by Melbourne. Why Craig Bellamy's been in charge and interesting. They've got Pappenhausen in the extended squad. So whether they pull the trigger on him or not, I don't know. Nick Meany still named in the one. He's been doing a hell of a job. If that's the case, Grant Anderson, the debutant from last week, who's been named in the five jersey, you'd assume he'll be pushed out of the side and Meany will go back there. And Will Warbrick who has been named three times and very close to a debut, is injured again. So he misses out on another opportunity to debut for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, but 
other than that, they've named the same 17. And as I said before, Felice didn't get game suspensions. It was a monetary fine, but he's now been cleared of that fine. But for the Broncos, Adam Reynolds is out. Corey Pakes is out. Herbie Farnworth is out. And TC Rabadi has gone back to the reserves. Uh, they've made multiple changes. Staggs is named back in the centres. Brinko Lee now holds his spot in the centres with that injury. Cobbo comes back in on the wing. Mam is joined in the halves by Tyrone Roberts. Billy Walters has been named to start at nine now with no pakes, and Jake Turpin returns on the bench as a result as the backup. Kurt Catewell's back after a week off. Um, and other than that, yeah, they've got some guys in their reserves if they don't end up playing Haas or anyone else, but a few changes there for Brisbane and a real test on this road trip. Melbourne's still short of a few troops. If Pappenhausen doesn't play, um, you know, they're still missing a couple of OBs as well. Welch, we know, has been out long-term, but I think Melbourne and Melbourne's always a tough trip, so for now, I'll be sticking with the Storm. Yeah. I think the odds for this one surprised me, so I'd be taking the start, but I know that's, you know, without Reynolds, but I, I guess you'd have to take this on a bit of blind faith, not knowing until the 40 minute or 50 minutes before who's actually playing. But if Haas and a lot of these origin guys are playing, I think the, the start's crazy. But with bluebet.com.au, Melbourne are $1.13. Brisbane are $6. Um, I, I think they've shown a lot more resilience defensively just in their squad in general for that sort of line. But we'll see what happens. But 18.5 points you're given if you like Brisbane. 1 to 12, Storm 365, $8 for Brisbane. 13 plus Melbourne, $1.50, 23 for the Broncos. But as I said again, if Haas plays, Catewell, Ricky, Carrigan, Flegler, etc., I think there's enough there to not get, you know, towered up by a team that's also missing a few players as well. So that, that line definitely surprises me. But Sharks, Titans. This one, Coffs Harbour. I think they played here last year, didn't they? The game up there. I think oh, they. I don't know. I don't know whether they did last year, maybe pre-COVID. I think they did it one of the two years. I remember driving back from being away at a mate's house from Batemans, I think, and it was just before we went into lockdown again. So it might have been last year. I don't know, but I think the Sharks had a, a convincing win. They'll be looking to repeat history. They've got the same seventeen as last week, and Dale Finucane's in the reserves. So see what happens there. But for the Titans. AJ Brimson's back at fullback. Azarko back to the wing. Masters drops out. Tino's back in the starting side. Fotoaka goes to the bench. And Aaron Clark had a rib injury last week, but he's been named despite that. And Kevin Proctor is back in the reserves after five weeks out with a bicep injury. So possibly some changes there, but um, all over the Sharks with the way the Titans are playing at the moment. Yep, me too. Bluebet agrees heavily. A dollar twenty-two for the Sharks, four twenty-five the Titans, minus twelve and a half the line. One to twelve Sharks, three twenty-five, five dollars. Titans thirteen plus Sharks, a dollar ninety, eleven dollars for the Titans. Warriors Panthers is another one where I think this could be anything. Uh, but for the Warriors, some changes this week under coach Stacy Jones. So yep, your young Ronald Volkman, who they picked up from the Roosters, he will debut. At 5'8", Chanel Tavita, Harris Tavita goes to the bench. Jesse Arthurs comes in with Rocco Berry out of the side. Bunty Afoa moves in to start with Murdoch Masilla out injured. Aaron Penne joins the bench and Aitken is out 
due to concussion, and Josh Curran moves into his spot. Adam Fanua Blake is on the extended bench again, um, but there's still been a bit of doubt over that foot injury. And for the Panthers, it only gets better. They only had one person on their injury list last week in the whole club, which is Isaiah Yo, who was rested. He returns this week. Yeah, well. So, um, small change in their bench. Salmon holds his spot with Spencer, Sorensen, and Kenny. They've sort of had some slight changes throughout the year. Eisenhuth was holding his spot this week. He's out of, um, you know, the squad there. Sony had a couple of games. He's sort of been out. But other than that, um, you know, regardless of what they do to their bench, they're absolutely loaded. And this could be a cricket score if the Warriors don't turn up. Yeah, definitely could be. So hold on to your hats. I'm interested to see Volkman um, and for where they're at and what's going on. I, I don't blame them for doing what they're doing. I'd be giving more games to him and Lusik and Alessia Katara and anyone you think is part of your future, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen here for the poor Warriors. It, it hasn't been a great year, and things have certainly got harder the last few weeks with the troops they have lost to injury and players leaving. And the odds reflect that with bluebet.com.au. They're $11. Penrith at bank interest, $1.04. 26.5 is the line. 1 to 12, $5 for the Panthers, $16 the Warriors, $1.18, 13 plus for the Panthers, $41 for the Warriors. Eels, Roosters, uh, a big game for both. Eels, top four hopes are getting further and further away. And for the Roosters, they just need to solidify their spot in the eight. Um, speaking of those changes, Brad Arthur sticks solid. Sevo will play his second game. Um, and hopefully it will be a bit better for the run and not like the forwards did. That helped a great of a job to get him many opportunities. And for the Roosters, Kiri's been named, but he's obviously going to have to be monitored during the week. Sam Verrills, after a bad injury to the collarbone, straight back into the starting hooker roll after playing cut last week. Hutchison goes back to the bench and Paul Momorowski has been dropped. Billy Smith comes into play in the centres. Egan Butcher is onto the bench. Saluka Fafita into the reserves and announced this week that he's going to South for three years. So um, I dare say we won't see as much of him if he's not going to be at the club moving forward. Well, he's been playing a lot of reserve grade anyway, so... Yeah. This one's interesting, but because there's doubt over Kiri, um, there's no Jared Rhea Hargraves named again, which I think is big. Instability at hooker and just overall, it's been hard to get a trace on him. The Eels, for some reason, have gotten up for better sides. I know they lost to the Roosters last time, but they can't play anywhere near this bad again, so I'm, I'm sticking with Para. Yeah, I'm going to go the Roosters. I hope they, hope they can get an upset and make it a little bit interesting um, in terms of the eight. And, but, yeah, it's just it's hard to get a read on them. Anytime I think they're coming good, they seem to drop the ball or get an injury or something just doesn't seem to pan out. But Paris certainly... Uh, didn't show a whole lot last week, so I'm expecting a response this week. And this one's a close one with bluebet.com.au. $1.80 are the Eels, $2 for the Roosters, one and a half the line, uh, $1 to $12, $3 for the Eels, $3.10 for the Roosters, $13 plus, $3.95 for the Eels, $4.55 for the Roosters. Raiders Knights, one where Newcastle certainly need to respond, but the Raiders again would be looking at this game. We have to win. It's down in Canberra. Uh, in terms of changes, Rapana returns after being suspended on the wing. That's the only change they have there. And Papali comes back to start after coming off the bench last week. Kalen Ponga on the other side will have to go through concussion protocols. So he's no guarantee. 
Kurt Mann starts lock. Barnett goes to the back row and Fitzgibbon has been dropped. Sami Solo is the new man on the bench and Bradman Best is likely a week away for more reports. So um, down in Canberra, Sunday afternoon football, some of their favourite, expecting a win here for the Raiders. Yeah, me would think so would you? Really, it's a must, must win for them. It's a must win for both, really. If Newcastle have any hope, they'll, they'll be... Yeah, no, they, they don't have any hope. No, no, no but like you talked about, that they're sort of outside that glut. If they want to have any hope, they have to win this week. But for Canberra, with they've got no hope. They just have to have to win this game. So I think we both agree that's the way things are looking. The way Tarpany is playing, Papali needs to get on his level. I know he played Origin and only got one stint, but even last week he only got twenty or so minutes. He only played that much in Origin, so I don't know if he's carrying an injury or or what's going on there. But he needs to get on the level of Tarpany and, and White uh, Elliot. Adam Elliott and Hudson Young at the moment because their forward pack starting to turn things up and a few years ago he was that guy. Other guys are chipping in. He, he needs to help out a little bit more. Yeah. But this is big. Uh, big for them to make sure they stay in touch. So Bluebet agrees. They've got the Raiders at $1.27, 375 for the Knights, minus 10 half the line, 1 to 12 Raiders, 310, 450. Newcastle, 13 plus Raiders, 210. And $10 for the Knights in the last game of the round. The Doggies up against the Tigers, who technically, I know people give two points for the wire, but everyone gets two points for the wire. So it, it's a fake two points. They, I heard yesterday someone go, the Titans are now last. On four and against, they're not actually last. The Tigers are. If you take the wire out of the equation. Yeah, we have this conversation every year. Yeah, I hate it. It's silly. The buyer, you shouldn't get two yeah, points. So don't have it. Don't worry about it. But the Bulldogs, Chris Patolo will be the only change. He got a head knock. So Curtis Moran gets his debut on the bench. Fatala Moran has been named in the starting side. Corey Riddell moves back to the bench. And Luke Thompson is still struggling with concussion effects. So he's not in the side again. So that's interesting. It's been a few weeks now, which is no good. Um, you never want to hear that with a player and on terms of the Tigers a few changes this week Adam Dewey they said they weren't going to play him for a few weeks well one week later he's back in the mix so he's on the bench after that knee reconstruction Asua Kapoa returns in the centres for Brent Naden who's now suspended Leilua obviously has moved on so Kelma Tuolungi comes from the bench to start and Farmanu Brown who scored twice on his return gets recalled and Jock Madden is out of the side in this one at Combank Stadium. Um, like I said, dog, yeah, well, they've kept continuity, haven't they? They got some good performances or some good efforts, and last week uh, was an explosion, so they'd want to be building on that. You got the Tigers who have got a player leaving, a couple of changes to the lineup again. Um, you, you take what's been consistent, which is the lineup with the Bulldogs and a good result last week, and hope they can build on it. Yeah. And bluebet.com.au agrees. $1.74 at the moment are the Dogs. 210 the Tigers, minus one and a half the line. One to 12 Dogs, 290, 320 Tigers, 13 plus, 360 for the Dogs, 510 for the Tigers. Um, so looking at the tips, we're different on Dragon Souths. And we're both, uh, the other, only other ones, the Roosters Eels. So. Couple of chances there. We'll see what happens. But big thanks again to bluebet.com.au for backing us and our charity account. Hopefully, we can grab a winner this week. Make sure you bet 
with the true blue bookie. Thanks to Jake and the crew at Panasola, as we've said before, um, the bills are only getting worse. Everything's bloody expensive. Petrol, food, God knows what. You pay $10 for an iceberg lettuce or have to take out a mortgage to buy some fruit and veg, but get a system on your roof now if you've ever considered it. There's no better time. Visit the website, www.penrosola.com.au or ring 1800 And as we've said the last few weeks, it's been hard to hijack a game. We've had football separate days um, covering the whole weekend plus life and work. Uh, yeah, that... no, I'm, having to, I'm having to have time off work to manage the New South Wales Cup gig. So, mm. it's, um, yeah, at the moment we're fitting it in when we can and same as the podcast. But I know a lot of people are sort of asking whether it will continue with me stepping up into that role. But we're doing our best with it. And uh, yeah, the show show goes on, but commentating games is difficult because I'm having to get to run Massey Cup and New South Wales Cup games plus family, and I'm not actually watching as much NRL, particularly live. Like I, I still watch all of it, but yeah, watching it live, I rarely get to actually sit down and just watch a game. So most of it is um, Sunday night, Monday night, sort of watching it and catching up on the weekend. Mm. And it's been the same deal uh, with shift work and call-outs. We've always had some times where we've recorded on Wednesdays and different days uh, just with work. So, you know, whenever we can get it done is when we can get it done. But the commentating thing, like you said, normal that we don't want to do it, but watching games live is getting hard. So that's probably the biggest thing. Obviously, the point of the app is for that. So hopefully we can find some time in the next couple of weeks, but we'll do the best we can um, to do that. So... Keep your eyes open for that. But if you're interested in following games when we do get on board or anyone else on there, hijack.tv, spelled H-Y-J-A-C-K.tv on the Apple and Google stores. Hopefully, you'll be able to tune in, have a laugh and a beer and watch a game of footy with me and Boxhead in the next couple of weeks. But that wraps us up for another week, mate. Yep. Happy days. Yes. Uh, we're not too far away. From Origin 2, a couple of weeks' time, along with the rep round. That might be something pending um, our games that we might be able to do the Origin, maybe. But we'll see how that works once that week rolls around. But for everybody out there now, hope you're all safe. Hope you're doing well. Feel free to keep putting questions through uh, on Twitter, Facebook. We'll do our best to get back to you. I've had a lot of people ask about fan questions again. It's just been hard to do because right now it's almost midnight. Um, so it's just one of those things we used to do with a bit more free time but we'll get one of those up in the next couple of weeks if we can we'll can set of six or something else to fit those in um, but yeah for now Boxhead have a good week and everybody out there same to you enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league bring it on give us more give us more where are you going where are you, what, 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 what's going on here is that it is that it A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.